0: Everybody, what is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter.
1: Thanks for joining. I am back in the podcast studio with the one and only Oren Martin, our senior director of equipping, my boss. <laughs> that it sounds is, weird. It is good to have you back on the podcast. We got a doozy of a chapter today, don't we? We do. So why don't, I think we just dive right in. You want to set up the context for us?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so when I think of this passage, one, one phrase of a song comes to mind. Though our sins, there are many, your mercy is more. Uh, when I think about where we are in the context of Genesis, I um, We've seen a lot of sin. Mm-hmm. We've seen the sin of Adam and Eve. We've seen the sin of Cain and Abel. We've seen, well, at least of, uh, of Cain. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen brokenness and sin with their descendants and Noah and his sons. And Abram, who becomes Abraham, is not perfect either. He's a sinner. And his son, Isaac, and his son, Jacob. And so, you know, one question that I ask, when, you know, when we're reading through Scripture like this is, you um, how can what came before inform how I understand this story? So, in other, th- in other words, when we've talked about this, context matters. Totally. And one question we should ask is how in the world will God fulfill his promises in the face of sin? And we see some of those amazing promises, you know, first given to Eve that through you, Eve will come an offspring who will crush the head of the serpent in Genesis 3:15. Amazing promises that through a through Noah, God will continue to bless his creation. Uh, promises to to Abraham that in him uh, all the families of the earth will be blessed, and we see this worked out through his sons Isaac and Jacob. And then we come to this section of Genesis, which is the Joseph story, which is kind of embedded in this context of how God will fulfill His saving promises. And once again, we're confronted with just absolute wickedness that uh, that is honestly it's hard to stomach mm-hmm. uh, to to see just the the brokenness. It's um, heavy. It's heavy. And, you know, I think it, it reminds me that we don't live in a different world than that world. We, we see the brokenness around us, too. And we not only see that, we see the brokenness within us uh, in our own lives. And, you know, that the same uh, answer that was true for this story is the same answer that's true for us today. And that uh, God will fix brokenness and sin, not because of our faithfulness, but because of his faithfulness. Uh, and so, you know, when we think about the story, you know, it's, it's embedded in the, in the Joseph story. So, again, how's God going to fulfill his promises? Joseph becomes a prominent figure mm-hmm. uh, as a son. And then immediately after, you know, we're, we're kind of jumping to the story, we're interrupted by this by this weird chapter of 38 uh, with, uh, with Judah. And, you know, we see in Judah, uh, he— uh, Wisdom was not a squeaky clean figure no nope. uh, th- although he had just spared you know at least contributed to sparing joseph's life which which you know is a glimmer of hope um you know which we, we see seen up to this point we you know adam and eve are glimmers of hope and mm-hmm. uh you know cain and abel uh pr- promised seeds are glimmers of hope and abraham's glimmer you know but but again we're, at every glimmer of hope we're faced with you know more
1: depravity, more
0: depravity and darkness and uh, you know, so although we see great hope with, with uh with Judah, we see on the heels of that his his own deception too. And, you know, he uh he meets this woman, takes her, has three sons. Uh, you know, his two two of his sons are wicked. And uh, you know, common in this, you know, maybe cultural background, this important for us to understand is a it's a thing called Leverite marriage where
1: Leverite marriage.
0: Yeah, isn't that a such what, a, such a, a term. legal term yeah yes
1: very um, official
0: and you know what that is and it's prominent throughout the old testament and even in the new is uh, is is if a woman gets married to a man and her husband dies then by law she can marry his brother so that that family name and line can be continued uh this comes up in in the genealogies of Jesus is why it's important uh because we see in in Luke's genealogy him g- going through to 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 establish that Jesus is the savior for all humanity, and and he uses this law to kind of name different husbands and fathers all the way back to Adam, right. uh, which is pretty amazing. So we see this going on. Uh, you know, Ur dies uh, because he's wicked. The Lord puts him to death. Uh, then uh, then comes his brother. He was also wicked. Didn't didn't uh, do what he was supposed to do, and uh, and so you know, is it Tamar? Tamar? Mm-hmm. How do you pronounce her name?
1: I say Tamar.
0: Tamar. That's what I've always said. Okay. Um, you know, she kind of takes matters in her own hands and and uh, deceives Judah because Judah didn't keep his word in giving her his third son, and uh, and then we just see you know just more wickedness, right? Uh, Tamar deceives, Judah deceives, uh, and you know in in really again kind of stomach churning ways, but by the end of the story, we uh, we're, we're given a, a glimmer of hope again in that. Uh, Tamar conceives and gives birth not to one son, but to twins. And uh, one of those twins uh, happens to be uh, Perez, who is going to be, you know, the father of the father of all the way down to uh, to David, uh, who is the greatest king in the Old Testament and through whom an even greater king would come, King Jesus, who saves us from our sins. And so, you know, what, what I love about this story is despite deception and wickedness and sin God is faithful not because of Judah's faithfulness not because of, of Tamar's faithfulness uh he's faithful because of his own faithfulness and his and his determination to to bring salvation out of uh out of sin uh and, and through through the through the you know, the sinfulness of mankind
1: so let me let me ask you this I I think somebody might be listening and they hear you describing the goodness of God amidst the brokenness we read about. But I see a few times in the passage, uh, he did what was evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord killed him. How do I reconcile those two things? They seem to be opposed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, one verse that comes to mind is that the wages of sin is death, Hmm. uh, and the free gift of God is eternal life. So, if sin deserves judgment, uh, because sin is an affront to God's character. And sin... uh, Seeks to find its life and, and things outside of God, and, and it brings death. It rightly deserves death because you know we we uh, we understand what who God is in His holiness. Uh, you know, one thing I you know often think is when my sin doesn't seem great to me, God's holiness won't seem great to me. So, to the extent that I see God as holy, will be to the same extent that I see that I see that my sin and what my sin deserves in light of His holiness. And, you know, sometimes when I th- when I think a little of my sin, I think a little of God. Uh, and when I think bigger of God, I think bigger, bigger of my sin, right, yeah. and what it deserves. And the amazing thing is, right, ju- just as in this story, God's faithful not because of their faithfulness but because of his own, this story is a shadow of the gospel. Uh, because we see in the gospel that God's not faithful to us because of our faithfulness. God's faithful to us because of his own faithfulness and and sending His Son to do what we couldn't do, to live the life we couldn't live, to die the death we deserve to die, to take the, the penalty and the punishment that we deserve to pay, mm-hmm. couldn't pay, uh, that through His life and death and burial and resurrection and ascension, through trusting in Him, uh, we can have life. And, you know, even as a Christian, we understand that the, that that God's faithfulness to us is not rooted in our faithfulness. You know, how do, how do we know God's faithful? We look to the cross, right? Then God demonstrated his own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's God's vindication and proof in history that he loves his people. And so I can be confident of promises like Philippians 1.6 that says uh, that he who began a good work in you will complete it till the day of Christ Jesus. Why? Not because of my faithfulness, because he's faithful to his promises to keep me in Christ by his spirit. And that's that's hopeful.
1: So hopeful. What do you think? We've got about two minutes left, Oren. When people come to this passage, common mistakes we make in interpreting it.
0: Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, One common mistake would just be, you know, what we talked about a couple of minutes ago is just ignoring what came before. Hmm. Uh, So, if we just, you know, thank the Lord, this isn't the first chapter of Genesis. And can you imagine if if this this were Genesis 1, you'd be like, what is going on, (laughs) right? And uh, we'd have questions about we'd have questions about God's character. We'd have questions about uh, man. We'd be, have questions about I mean all, all kinds of stuff, right? Questions mm-hmm. about marriage, like why why is she marrying her, you know his brother and then his brother and all this kind of stuff. So context matters, uh, and you know I, th- I think again you know what we are taught early on in Genesis is is clearly establishing who God is and and what He's doing to bring about the fulfillment of his promises in in the face of sin and how the brokenness of sin um can you know brings death both spiritually and physically uh but that God is gracious and, and you know just like we see in Genesis 3:15 you know amidst the the curses God folds mercy in the middle mm-hmm. uh, amidst Abraham's sin and you know lying about Sarah uh God is merciful uh amidst Isaac and Jacob and their sin God is faithful and so you know to, to have those those big you know kind of points of, of God's faithfulness, God's character, God's grace, God's mercy, God's patience, uh, also God's holiness and how he he can't just sweep sin under the rug um, are, are vastly important to understand this passage as well as uh, that, that Judah and Tamar and how they're acting is not how God created man and woman to act mm. from the beginning. they were created good and they they chose. Uh, to not listen to God's word and listen to the word of the, of, uh, of the serpent, and and uh, as a result they fell into sin, and it and it plunged the whole human race into sin. And we just see that the spread of sin. And again, we're asked, you know, the question, or forced to, to face the question: How will God fulfill His promises through this? Mm. And so, when we come to the story, if we have those big pieces in place, then you know it will help us kind of make sense and untangle some of the, uh, you know, again. Brutally honest issues of this is this is sinful. This is mm-hmm. wicked. We should we we when we read this, we should be broken uh at how uh Judah acted. We should be broken at how uh, Tamar was treated uh just sinfully. And uh we should have hope because God's faithful.
1: So good, Oren. Thank you for being here. I could keep asking you questions, but I believe we're out of time. It's a joy to be here. We'll have you back. I'm, I'm sure of it. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together.
0: Hey, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.